0: Good afternoon, Greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB eight sixty AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell. And we've got Gabe behind the camera. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since twenty eighteen. And we've got a lot to unpack today. A lot of housing data, predators and prey in the real estate market, and then uh a fun segment at the end. So my voice sounds like garbage right now. So hopefully the ladies can help us out today. So let's get right into it. And again, we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to tune in, there was a very interesting article that I found on Housing Wire that talks about all this housing data that is out there. And my observation, and, and please chime in, ladies, if you're seeing the same thing, Nobody knows what's going on when they look at these headlines and they finally read the data. It tends to make a lot of sense. But there is like a doom and gloom picture painted of what's going on now and what's going to happen in 2023. Are you guys seeing the same thing with your clients? What are people saying to you? I'd love to get take your temperature on this first before we get into the silver lining in some of these home sales reports.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of the things that I'm hearing are which we know is not going to be the case, but that the market is going to crash, that the home values are going to go down, that um, they're going to get in with, they're going to overpay and have this high interest rate and they're going to like lose money on the investment.
2: That's exactly what I'm hearing. Definitely the housing market's going to just collapse and um, (laughs) home prices are just going to tumble, tumble. I don't know where to, but they're going to just drop and, um, they don't want to overpay on something that they're going to have, you know, have zero equity in. Um, and they're convinced that once the housing market collapses, the interest rates will drop, too. And then they'll get the deal.
0: So, so what is a deal? Like, what, what do these people think a deal is? Do we have, has anyone actually defined that?
2: I guess they want to pay, you know, 150000 on a four-bedroom, 3 bath, single-family home on an acre of land. I don't know what the deal is. I wish they would tell me. And, you know, when I ask them that, they're like, they don't really answer
1: that question either. Right. Because I think that they don't always know what yeah. they think the deal is. Because the deal isn't necessarily, um, like, sometimes I think it's like if they get it, like, under list, mm-hmm. like, they would consider that mm-hmm. a deal. Mm-hmm. Well, what if it's overpriced? As a listing, then Mm -hmm. is it still a deal if you get it under like it should really be based off of comps and, you know, other information out there. Um, But so it doesn't always really line up for like, oh, that's going to count as a deal. But like this one that you get that was priced really below market value that maybe you went a little bit over, but like price wise makes sense, isn't, you know, right.
0: So I, I think you, you defined it right there. A lot of people think a deal means just, like, negotiating with somebody. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. reality, when the listing's overpriced, maybe you're not getting a deal. Although I argue that's where buyers can do the best is if they make an offer on a listing that's priced too high because mm-hmm. most buyers are afraid to do that. So that would be number one. Um, secondly, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone really knows what's going on right now. And I think that there's a lot of caution and there's a lot of nervousness in the marketplace that's causing hesitation for people that – would normally be more likely to transact is that accurate or is that what you're seeing before Mm -hmm. we get into some of this data
2: yeah yeah definitely people are just nervous about what's happening not only with the stock market Uh, they're watching their 401ks um, but also with the interest rates so there's a lot of hesitation they do know the, the folks that I'm working with that are currently renting they have an understanding that their rents are going to go up and they're not happy about that either. Mm-hmm. So I think that for them, they feel like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place and they really don't know which direction to go. So they just, what is that analysis paralysis kind of thing? They just stay right, right. where they are.
1: Right. And even if they know that rent's going to go up, that them paying rent isn't going towards any type of ownership or, or like, you know, anything that's going to build something for themselves, I think in some cases it feels temporary, like they can they can get out whenever they want and that they haven't like made a mistake, even though in staying there that in itself could be the mistake. Correct.
0: Well and and I think the, the hesitation is hurting people. I mean, there's so many folks we've talked to that said, I'm I'm waiting for, you know, the, the market to calm down, then rates doubled, right? Mm. So it cost them a ton of money. So that that that's a really great observation. So Let's get into the data here and what, what what they're actually talking about. And I think this is one of the hardest things agents have a have a, have have to do is take all this data that is pretty involved. It's pretty analytical. Sarah, are you an analytical person? Nope. <laughs> nope. Stacy, what about you? How analytical are you? Yeah, uh, not
2: very. <laughs> so
0: I would. I'm probably the most analytical yes. of us all, and I'm not an analytical personality by design, right? So. I understand numbers and can make them work. And the biggest challenge agents have is taking all this data and explaining it to people and things they can understand. Right. I mean, I, 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 I'm I, so clear that's the issue. It's like when you go to your accountant, I don't need to know what, like, journal entry rule number 352 says. I just need to know what I'm paying in my taxes and right. what I need to do. So, uh, Logan uh, Matashami from Housing Wire, um, he talked about some data that got released last week from the National Association of Realtors that showed there was a 23.8% decline in existing home sales in September, and inventory has now fallen in back-to-back reports. I, I don't totally agree with that because you got to look locally, and locally we've seen inventory come up a bit, and I think that's really important to acknowledge. Um, and so what, what Logan's done, and he's, he's a pretty smart guy. We use his articles a lot on the show to kind of explain what's happening. He's labeled this as a savagely unhealthy housing market, because inventory is breaking all time loads and it's causing forced bidding and days on market to collapse, which you know it it, it burns on people, burns not to, it, it uh grinds on people. I think some buyers just don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, what's happened is as he as he cites this in the article is that mortgage rates. He thought once they broke above like four percent, we'd see some problems, but now they're above seven percent and sales are declining faster than we've seen in the past as a as kind of a knee-jerk reaction here because affordability's down and massive price gains are up since 2020. So there's all these things happening that, that have caused this hesitation. And when you see the number of home sales decrease, although they're only 1% below the historical average, so I don't think they're down that much, they're just down from 2020, there, there's hesitation in the market. So that, that, that's what he breaks down here. Anything I missed, ladies? I thought that was pretty to the point point yeah. in, in layman's terms, right? right? Right. So there's a silver lining that that he calls for here, and this is what I want to get your opinion on: is that the days on market growth um, that's happened? It it hasn't happened in a while, and having a lot of ha- a lot of housing options is always a plus for the market, and we haven't really seen that since 2020. So if we were back to 2019 inventory levels, which were not there yet. Um, and that would be inventory climbing um, towards like the 1.52 to 1.93 million nationally. Then all of a sudden, the market might be poised for a rebound where people are more apt to transact and more apt to jump in because they have more options. What What do you think about that? I find that pretty interesting. And and to give people some perspective, we're about 250 thousand homes short of getting to that number. Do you think that kind of inventory bump? Um, and basically let's, I mean, right now we're at like a month supply of inventory. So let me do some math here. So we take that 0.25 that he's talking about divided by 1.25. So it'd be about a 20% jump in inventory. If we saw a 20% jump in inventory, would that get your buyers or sellers excited about seeing what their options are?
2: Hmm. Good question. (laughs) I think for sellers, they might have, um, it might be positive for them because it, it it could they could see that there's more options out there for them because a lot of sellers now are where will i go if i sell my home so that's why they're sitting on the sidelines um so you know damn, people who want to downsize they mm-hmm. might not necessarily be able to because they're vying for the same market as the first time home buyers basically so they feel like they don't have anywhere to go. So they can't downsize. So I think more inventory for them would be a positive thing. On the flip side, less competition for them to sell their home. So, um, or more competition when they're trying to sell their home. Yep. Right. So it's kind of like that would be an even, <laughs> that would kind of, they would negate it would be a negative, like they would cancel each other out. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying right. to say. Um, for buyers, uh, I, I think really it's uh, interest rates that are that are holding them back. Um, obviously, more inventory would totally be beneficial for buyers because then uh, they could potentially actually get under contract as they wanted to like in the past year, year and a half. Um, but since there was so much competition and if they were one of 15 offers and they lost out, then they had to try again and again and again. And some of those buyers just got out of the market because of that. Right. Um. So I think that if, if it was increased, maybe they would be tempted to come back into the market, but then the interest rates might hold them back.
1: Right. I mean, I feel like the phrase that's coming to my mind is like, have your cake and eat it, too. Mm. You know, for like the sellers, um, absolutely having more inventory out there, because one of the biggest things that you do here is where will I go if I were to sell mine? So now maybe there is more competition out there in terms of your home. um. You know, you might not get as many offers. You might, it might take a little bit longer to sell it, but then on the flip side, you know, that'll translate over to you on, on the other end. Just like when you, you know, potentially had no competition and would have gotten these peak offers, great. But then you're having to do the same. It kind of it balances there for like what you're doing on both like the selling end and the buying end. And absolutely for buyers, the increase in inventory is only going to be beneficial for them. It gives them more options, it gives them more as we were talking about days on market, it gives them like a second longer to think about it. Um, They're potentially looking at less competition per offer that they put in. But as you said, Stacey, you know, if they've kind of been through the ringer and just like emotionally checked out from the process for a bit, even if you explain what's going on and why it could be different this time, they may just not be up for it. Um, But then that also would be somebody that's not super motivated to make the move, you know, because I think that there's always reasons to to pause, you know, just like there's always reasons to move forward. You know, it, it all depends on what your motivation is.
0: Well, and and part of this here, too, there was it was a really great uh, piece of data that uh, Keeping Current Matters put out of the supply and demand ratio changing quickly. And to me, this is really important here because it's not just inventory coming up, but some buyers just that they've, they've pulled out of the market. So we've seen active listings uh, year over year through September, according to showing time and realorder.com, they're up 26.9%. So we've seen a big jump in listing inventory. And at the same time, we've seen showings decrease by 12.2%. So there's a delta of almost 40% where the market's moved in favor of people trying to find a home that's made the market more healthy. And if you can communicate that to folks, maybe all of a sudden that changes their opinion. Like if I saw... Here's the chart. I don't know if you guys saw it, but okay, so showings are down and it, like I mean that's a that's a major movement in the marketplace there. So that's the kind of stuff that I feel like people don't realize. Like if you if you told that to a buyer that inventory's up almost twenty seven percent, would they believe you right now?
2: No. I don't think so.
0: And if you told them competition's down or showing activities down or buyers are down twelve point two percent, do you think they believe you? No. Well, and, and this is the problem because it, it, it's everyone says there's no inventory and there's no this and there's no that. And they don't know the actual data of what's going on. And to me, this is where I think a lot of people get jammed up because they don't know what to believe in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. They just know their experience. Yeah. And 100%. their experience is that they're confronted with multiple offer situations on the houses that they want for the most part. And uh, so if you try to tell them that inventory is actually up, they'll be like, no, it's not because every time I look, I can't see anything in the house that does come on the market that I love I'm confronted with all these multiple offers so yeah it's hard hard for that to you know ring true to them Mm
0: -hmm. well it's a problem because most agents say yeah you're right or yeah there is no inventory or it's tough out there and what you say really does matter and a lot Mm -hmm. of folks just aren't in a a spot where they're able to constantly you know communicate that effectively and I think that's where the issue is coming in more than anything else is that they don't know this data so Looking at uh, the, the, this Housing Wire report, if days on market, even if it went like more than 30 days, and right now we're about 23 in the suburbs, it's higher than that in Philadelphia, and I think Philadelphia consumers are more apt to transact in a lot of places, and I think it's a little more of a, a, a kind of a stall there than it is in the suburbs, but like Chester County, that I mean, it's it's the complete opposite where there's very little out there, so... If there was more inventory north of 30 days, I mean, would that get some of these people off the fence? Like, if you, how many sellers are you talking to right now that don't know where to go and that's why they're not moving? Uh,
2: the sellers that I'm talking to do have some place to go. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. can't answer that question.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Actually, and all of the places are different for where my current sellers are are going, um, but they all do have something else lined up. Yeah.
2: Okay. But I, I do have a couple of sellers that I've been working with probably for the past couple of years. Um, they're not uh, as motivated. Right. And it is
1: because they feel that they can't get into their next house. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I would I would agree with that. I would say I've got, like, long-term nurture mm-hmm. sellers that, like, it It could still be a while until they decide to do something. But yeah. the, I guess the ones that I have that are, like, actually – listing now um either they're already on the market or they're already signed or they're like you know um they do have that next piece in place which might be why they were willing to move forward you know what i mean right right right.
0: that's a great point Mm -hmm. so how are you getting this message out about what's actually going on in the market because i mean i i've heard people well this economist said this this economist said that and right now it's like 87 percent of them think prices are going to go up next year so i don't you're picking on the small percentages What are you doing, or is it just you're letting people get there on their own? Like, what's the process like right now? Because this, to me, is the biggest challenge that I've seen in a long time. Is people just don't believe what you're saying, and because you're not, and I think there's a lot of pieces to that. But but tell me, tell me more about that.
2: It it is tough. It's been tough because when you are confronted with folks that are telling you what they are hearing on the national news, Mm -hmm. um, you just have to. Constantly reassure them what's going on in our local market, um, but again, they'll if if you haven't built that trust with them or there's not that rapport, they could still look at you and think that you know you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so, right, which right. sometimes you can see that in their eyes. They're looking at you like, no, that's right. not true because it's going to collapse. It's going to be over, and you know because my uncle told me that. Right. So they trust in their family and friends before they trust in you if you haven't built that rapport.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the rapport goes a long way into trustworthiness Mm -hmm. and and how open they are to to hearing what it is that you're telling them. I think that also like, you know, different personality types, um, I feel like take to the news better or like, you know, if there's somebody that's like, nope, this is what's going on. I know exactly what's up. I mean, you can give them all the data that you want, but like it may just take a bit more time (laughs) i think when it comes
2: um to putting offers together for my buyers that are active right now pulling comps of closed uh in in the in the area that they're looking and actually showing them days on market and what the asking price was compared to what it actually closed Mm -hmm. i think that goes a long way to them understanding that this is you you can't go below the asking price on this particular property right because it will go over asking
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, to me that's been very effective because they can actually see where things closed right
1: yeah
0: well and I, I th- a lot of people they don't they don't like they'd say oh my neighbor got a great deal on their home and they paid like five thousand dollars off the asking price I right. mean and, and mm-hmm. they're living in these you know these these bigger neighborhoods so I, there is, there is part of that too where it's showing the actual data. And I, to me, that's the best thing an agent can do is show third party validation with what's going on um, using stuff like these Keeping Current Matter slides, which we, we just did a whole training on today about that, like five slides to use that are going to oh, really help you. Those are great
2: ones. Those new ones that came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I you, love those. you saw
0: them, the end of September ones? I-
2: I, but the ones that you put out oh, yeah, there. Yeah. I put them on my phone right away. Yeah. I have them. Yeah. They're loaded and ready. Yep. So, so Favorited, <laughs> I ready love to go. Them, yep.
0: We actually walk people through how to do it. Um, That's so why I've got them. What, well, good. Um, so what what do you how do you utilize those? So d- to give just a quick I- idea here for agents. So we had five slides we put out there. One was lending standards in terms of product risk versus borrower risk from the early 2000s up until now. Um, what? Home values due during recessions, uh, forecasts of the market from 2024 to 2026, median asking rent since 1988 and how it's going up, and then the supply and demand ratio. So, w- w- what would be your plan? Like, are, the, are these just on demand for people? Are you oh. getting proactive with them? What would you do there, Stace?
2: Oh, I definitely, these will be on the ready. I can text my clients, I can show them if we're standing there. Um, I love the median asking rent since 1988. That one is very dramatic. If you look at that chart right there, it's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the supply and demand ratio quickly changing. I mean, that just shows you right there, the increase in the listings and the, the decrease in the showings. Um, so I think that these are just tremendous. They're quick. They're easy to decipher. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's valid data that you can quickly Mm -hmm. deliver right to your clients. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like these slides, you can utilize them in a couple different ways. I mean, if you're just like out talking to a client, easy to pull up. If you are meeting a client for the first time and in your, you know, maybe conversation before you went out to show them something, you know that they're renting. This is something that you could print off and actually put in along with the other information that you bring along. Um, You know, you can give people... The piece that they need to know, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and this could also be a good way to reach out to clients that, you know, maybe have kind of fallen to the wayside or or aren't really responding to stuff, Um, you know, just giving like a general market update and including some, you know, quick, easy to process, easy to look at information. I love
2: the lending standards one also because that's I where agree. you you can debunk the the how the, you know the housing right. market's gonna crash thing right um, because it is harder to get financing mm-hmm. than it was before extremely
0: harder mm-hmm. right how how you know how hard it is you actually have to provide all the documentation like this is the era of like <laughs> no right. doc loans and stated income and all these different mm-hmm. things and the rates would be higher people didn't care they were just buying stuff and. All 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 you and the thing I would do, we just we talked about this was like film a quick video about each one of these and just send it to your clients and then that way it can maybe reactivate some people that got some bad advice. Like their uncle telling yeah. them what they right. thought about it. I mean, this was a real thing we talked yeah. about in the training where people are like, Oh, my, my parents told me that this is what they're hearing and they don't agree okay. and they last bought a home in nineteen eighty seven. It's right. it's stuff like that. So
1: <laughs> Right. And I mean and for like that, the lending standards piece too. I mean, in addition to when you're getting um you know, your pre qualification or whatever and you go to put in your offers, like that's only the that's only the beginning part of that process. Like you're not getting the full way through to settlement if you can't mm-hmm. if you can't afford that property. You know, if you did, you know, not provide all the documents or maybe not disclose everything, whether on purpose or by accident. Yeah. You know, like all of that gets discovered through um as they're going through and, and doing the whole mortgage lending process. So um, by the time you get to settlement table, if they're issuing that mortgage they're, you know, you're qualified for it.
0: <laughs> that, that, that's really well said. And I think, and, and even, you know, with that stuff, I think it's, you have to tell people what's going on. That that was something that was totally different than anything we've ever seen. And these folks just don't believe it. They think, I mean, they, oh, it's another crash again. The same thing's going to happen. And everyone forgets we had a recession at the beginning of 2020. That's just, it's totally lost information. So, there is some silver lining here. We we kind of agree with Logan that it sounds like if inventory jumps up, that could spur the market and make the market a lot more healthy than it is right now. So, well-written article by him. Great analysis on HousingWire.com. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about something interesting that's happening right now with a lot of the companies in the real estate sector and how there's people that are more aggressors and people that are on the defensive So we'll do that next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team,
3: the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized, local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501.
0: I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's Tom tool with an e, dot com. Get more out of your real estate career, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool.
3: When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610 439 8,000, or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com.
0: Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. she's Stacy Mitchell, she's Sarah Timon, and we got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since twenty eighteen. And there was an amazing article on in Inman that I found. It's written by Mike Delpreet. I think he published it on his website as well. He is one of the best real estate industry analysts out there that talks about, uh, in, in this particular piece, how there's a lot of, like, predators in in the real estate industry and there's a lot of prey. And there's going to be a lot of mergers and acquisitions and liquidations and consolidations coming up because the market's changing And we've seen just less home sell. There's less money in the system, and he goes on to talk about some of these stock prices of some of these companies. So there's four in particular that he highlighted um, in their year over uh, their year over year change. Uh, Compass has seen an eighty one point five three percent drop in its stock price. Open Door eighty nine point six eight. Zillow sixty nine point three one. And Redfin. Ninety-two point three five, all in the red. I mean, these are massive declines here. Yeah. So all that in mind, um, you know, there's there's a bit of a financial reckoning coming on in the industry because these companies are down billions of dollars. They're laying off people constantly. Every time I log on to M and I see that some mortgage company or some large company is laying off somebody, and there's a rush for some of these VC. Funded companies to conserve cash and demonstrate a sustainable business model, which I, I totally agree with. So why does this even matter? I mean, some people are probably happy to see these companies fail. Um, and what he, what he goes on to say is that there's going to be predators in the, in the industry and there's going to be prey. Companies that have the resources to expand through acquisition and those burning cash that are vulnerable to takeover. So what do you what do you guys think about this Because I mean we're in an interesting spot. I mean I think the, the personally the recruiting business in real estate is crazier than ever I've seen. I'm sure you guys are both getting calls all the time. I'm getting calls and I mean it's it, <laughs> you know and it, it's and, and look we, we certainly go out and try to recruit people. I, I, I would argue we're much more selective and we have a specific kind of person we're looking for. but I mean it's it's constant um, and I think that's been part of this here and then we got this great tech or we're doing this or we're doing that. Mm-hmm. So when you hear this, how does that hit for you, being in the industry, selling homes, boots on the ground?
2: Well, things are constantly changing all the time. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, the the strong will survive and prevail, because <laughs> that's what it's all about, uh, and exactly the point of the predator and the prey, right? Right. Um, so some of these uh, newer companies, Compass, Open Door. You know, how old is Redfin? How how young is that company or old is
0: that company? So it seems uh, I'll like I'll look it up here.
2: Yeah, because they're I mean, honestly, in the scheme of things, they're newer. Ten years. Yeah, so it seems like they're the ones and the the tech companies that are really taking taking the hit. Um, the tried and true firms that you know are the brokerage firms. They're pretty mm-hmm. solid. They're well established. Uh, not going anywhere. But the, these tech companies, obviously, they're pretty volatile. Um, there's a lot of change going on. And that's always the opportunity for the bigger companies to swallow up the smaller, struggling, mm-hmm. failing companies.
1: Right. Or if they have something good to offer, they just like acquire that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they yeah. Um, absorb them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like how you said acquire them. <laughs> nicely.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So uh, now, knowing that's the case, I think we see it kind of like they, they pitch a new piece of tech or all these different mm-hmm. things. So w- what they go on to say here um, is that. There's going to be some that are just going to be out there and 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 they're going to be the ones that are acquiring people and there's going to be others that are that are super vulnerable. So I'm going to fire off some of these names. Tell me what you now obviously we read the article so there might be some cheating going on here with your 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 take on this. Let's start with the most recognizable company in real estate, Zillow. So how do you feel Zillow weathers this storm knowing what's going on?
1: Well,
2: I I think Zillow is going to weather the storm. Oh yeah. Well, I mean they've been you know kicked around and counted out numerous times in the past number of years and they they come back they have new different ideas mm-hmm. they redesign their business they you know refocus so i think they'll be fine
1: right i mean and i think they are they're big enough they're well known enough they've got enough going on there that they can try different things and fail at different things and still have their head above water and um and to, like, the common everyday person who isn't, like, necessarily following everything that Zillow's doing, they wouldn't even know wouldn't that anything know. was, like, happening there, you know? And
2: Zillow's a verb. I mean, it's like right. Google. Uh,
1: like, yeah. you know, it's just Zillow it. Yeah. What's, it, what's Zillow say? So, right. So, you know,
2: what's the zest in it? Right. <laughs> yes, people know it.
0: So that's really good. I would also argue that Zillow has $2 billion plus in cash, which makes them way more bulletproof than some mm-hmm. of these other companies when you look at their cash balances and their burn rate, which— you don't know what burn rate means. It's how much money they're spending a month no matter what happens. So um, I, I don't see Zillow going anywhere. I think the they made adjustments about a year ago when they changed their business model and did some things and they got back to what was working, which anyone listening to this show, if you're in real estate, just do more of what works and you're going to be fine. I think that's the big problem for a lot of people. Is they get away from the stuff that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They have some crazy new idea. They don't <laughs> test it out and then it just goes horribly wrong and, and their business is at zero. So um, so Zillow, we think, is going to be okay. Um, Rocket Mortgage, talk to me about them.
2: Oh, I don't know. I'm not a fan because right. I've been on <laughs> the side where it's been a difficult transaction with Rocket mm-hmm. Mortgage. Um, I'm always a fan of local lenders, um, I think. So I don't know. But people do utilize those uh, you know, there's, they, they see the ads on TV. They see, you know, the pop-ups on, on their feeds. So, and it it just makes it so easy to apply right online. Right. Um, so, I can see why users would be more prone to utilize the services Although, until... I, like,
1: I wonder what the rate there is, though, of people that, uh, like, you know, apply for it or to get, like, their, um, you know, prequals so that they can submit an offer but then ultimately don't end up using them. That's a good, yeah, I would love to um, do that. Because I feel like there will always be people who quickly in a pinch are like, oh, yeah. And then or maybe without even realizing that they're, you know, maybe not picking the best lender. But, like, it's quick. You don't mm-hmm. have to, like, get on the phone. Like, you can just, like, do, 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 do. Yep. And then, um, you know, once they get under contract because you've got seven days to apply for the mortgage um, and once you've had a chance. And now with days on market ticking up, it might not be so much of a thing where – like, oh, all right. I saw this house today, but I mm. only just realized I was in the market, and now I've got to quick get my approval and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, I would just be curious to see how many, what the percentage is that like follows through and actually uses them. So they could be on the verge of getting
0: acquired. acquired. <laughs> okay, so I, I see. I Rocket Mortgage also has a lot of cash. They got just under a billion dollars. Um, their branding, we can say what. I agree with you totally on. <laughs> They're servicing loans and, and dealing with that and, and just being in the transaction. They're not great. Um, they do have uh, some referral partners like Zillow they work with, with agents. I, I think they're going to be tough to reckon with because of their cash position. I also know that the consumer is going to deserve a little better, and I think there's companies that could easily displace them unlike some of these others on this list. So I think the right bank could come in there or the right company with the right business model could come in there and knock them out because if you look at these um, – on this chart that Mike Delpre put together, they're the only mortgage company on there. Right. Which I found to be pretty interesting, even yeah. though Zillow is trying to push home loans and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, CoStar. What about CoStar? What do you think about CoStar?
2: Well, it looks like they have a ton of cash.
0: <laughs> Just under $4 billion, So gosh. the most on the list here.
2: Wow. They might be the company that could be buying other companies up. <laughs> the Predator. Yes. They could be the predator for sure.
0: I'm curious if they're going to enter, enter the residential space. I think that's kind of an unknown right now. They've had some drama at their company, the, you know, and, and all that stuff happens. I don't think they're going anywhere because they have the commercial space on lockdown, so I don't see that happening anytime soon, and their market cap is, is super high. So I, I, I'm good with them. The last one on here, well, there's two, first American title and open door. So which one do you want to tackle first? Uh,
2: first American title.
0: So what do you think about them?
2: Hmm. Well, they do have a lot of cash.
1: So it seems like they could survive. Wait, are they who's offering the um, appraisal gap coverage? That's
0: Tomo. That's a mortgage oh, okay. company. Oh, okay. Tomo's not on the list.
2: Yeah, they're yeah. I think First American, I think they'll survive.
0: I mean, they are a huge title company. Yep. I mean, they underwrite a lot of our stuff. And yes, they they're do. one of like the big four that are out there. So I, I give them a lot of credit because they're actually on the list. Number one, uh, they have a lot of cash and that's a sustainable business. You're going to have to see some legislation happen for laws to change that you don't need title anymore or the rates can't be fixed by the state. So I think they have the one of the better models on here because it's pretty sustainable. Like it's, it's something that people need, whether they like it or not.
2: Right. Right. Most people wouldn't know what the first American was what mm-hmm. right. they do because you you don't know who they are until you have to actually get title insurance right mm-hmm.
0: all right last one open door this is probably the most controversial and, and the reason we broke these down this way just to give everyone some clarity is these are folks that have close to a billion or more in the in, in on their cash balance sheet as of the second quarter
2: mm. boy their stock dropped the most. <laughs> they had a 90% almost 90% drop in their stock. Wow. Yeah. Um but they do have a lot of cash. So they can probably sustain and weather the storm.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean that is that is interesting when you look at the that drop. That's um huge. Yeah, that's that is very substantial. But yeah, but I mean given the amount of cash they have and if you know, the basis of this article, I think, was saying that, like, if you've got the cash to ride it out, you'll be, you know, yeah. you should be able to pull through. But it does say that they're entering two quarters
2: of massive financial losses. Th- Where is that coming from?
0: Well, uh, they're, they're not going to be able to sell their homes at a profit anymore is what's happened. I mean, uh, they, they were, you know, they're, they're it's pretty clear that what's going to be happening is that they're, they're going to be just getting killed the next two quarters. Because, I mean, look at Zillow's eye buyer business. They've, they've weathered yeah. the storm. They had a lot more cash. Um, it's an outlier. And I, I, I don't know that they're going to be in a position to be able to acquire any other companies. And the iBuyer's just not as sexy as it was it, because these people mm-hmm. now are realizing, I mean, the, the M- off-MLS study for Bright says you get 13% more just by going to the market. Mm-hmm. That's almost exactly what these iBuyers these charge in fees. So not only do they offer you a lesser price, but then there's like 13% more of fees. So you're really taking 26% less. And you know now there's folks that, you can get like contingencies accepted and I think there's people out there looking for like more fix and flips than there have been so I, I don't I don't know that they're going to be able to continue with the model that they had I mean they never really penetrated the northeast anyway so mm-hmm. I, I don't know that it's as viable here as it is down in like Florida and other places
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I noticed that there are um, some investors coming back into the market too for the fix and flip so
0: they, they seem like the yeah. biggest outlier here out of all of them yep so then there's the businesses that people uh, ident- that Mike identifies as people with a cash burn problem or um, that they, uh, they, have, uh, they, they just have a high cash burn and they, they don't keep a lot in the bank. So the, the first one uh, they identify as Compass, which, I mean, they've uh, you look at their cash balance since Q2 of 2021, it went from just under $900 million to less than $300 million wow. in two years. Uh, and obviously their stock price is down. 81% or something like I think it IPO'd at like 18 now it's down to $2.46 wow I wouldn't want to own that stock uh, no.
2: no and wasn't that some options it wasn't that like <laughs> well, that was their recruitment the, tactic yes, yeah, exactly.
0: yeah so i mean like, i hope those people me- who joined Compass <laughs> took the cash i mean cuz right yeah,
2: not the stock options the stock right. i mean
0: you just lost what what's right the IPO at 18 let's let me break out the calculator here so, yeah, I
2: don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't look good for them here. I mean, that's an
0: 88 percent decline Ooh, overall. Um, so what, what they talk and and there's other companies on here too. It's not just them. Redfin's okay. another one. Redfin mm-hmm. is is totally in the red. Then um, there's other companies that are listed on here like Douglas Elliman or EXP or Offerpad. Th- those companies don't have as much debt. They don't have uh, so they don't have as much as high of a cash burn. And I think it's the ones that are spending money are the ones that are the 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 biggest. Uh, most vulnerable companies out of all of them. And, you know, so what happens with companies like this? I mean, and and this is what Mike kind of talks about where the severity of the situation depends on when they last raised money, how quickly they're spending and how much they have in the bank. And if they don't have at least 12 months of runway. Mm. And I think that's a concern for them because there's a lot of people just spending like Tons and tons of money here, mm-hmm. and I don't know where they expect the profits to come from when you see the number of home sales are down 18%, mm-hmm. 19%. That was the model they were projecting, not that it's bad for realtors. I think it's just bad for these big businesses burning all this money.
2: Yeah, for sure, and it looks like at the rate that Compass is burning cash, I mean, that's, that's pretty – it's pretty quick. Um, yeah, wow, it should be interesting to see what happens. It, it looks like it's going to really uh, – come to fruition like in the next twelve months. Like what's gonna happen with these
1: companies? Are they gonna be the prey? (laughs) Right, right. Um Yeah. Well and I'm sure like, you know, people keep things pretty tight, but like, you know, for some of these companies that are really spending a lot, is there some cool rollout that they're gonna be putting out soon that they like they know that they're burning it quickly now, but with the hopes that it's and you know, that's kind of like a factor of business. But um Do they have plans to change their business model with the... Right. The changing market? Right,
0: right. I, th- I think the concern here with a lot of these companies is they were built for only good markets. I mean, you get into a market like this, they don't know how to do it. They don't know how, they don't have the playbook. And uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's always, you know, it's always exciting building these companies and having a lot of volume. But you look at Redfin, they're on here too. And I, I bet mm-hmm. you Redfin gets sold. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. I think they get sold. I think someone may buy Compass as well. Um, but with Redfin... That model comes out when the market's hot. I've seen these people before, mm-hmm. like the discount brokers, we can do it at mm-hmm. any price. Yes. And then all of a sudden, the market changes and you have to have half a brain. And we, have, we obviously all of us have more than half a brain, but you have to have half a brain to sell a home and do the things that need to happen. These people just disappear because mm-hmm. they can't get the job done and they cost their people money. Mm-hmm. So to me, they're, they're the most vulnerable companies in this situation. Compass agents are fine. I don't think, I don't think, you know, some of them are good. There's, there's good agents everywhere. Redfin just hires a different kind of person. Right. Than, and it's more of like, a, I'll show you 20 homes. I'm not going to give you any advice on the market. Let me know if you want to buy one. Right. Can you imagine if you didn't give your clients any guidance?
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's awful. That would be awful. Right. <laughs> It'd be awful for it's the such client. A, it is awful for the client. Such a disservice. It right. really is a disservice. Especially, you know, first-time home buyers that know nothing, right? And you and you're not offering anything else to it except opening a door, right? Ugh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Opening a door and then saying, "Sign here, let's put the
2: offer in." <laughs> right. <laughs> but I can't explain anything to you. But, right. Right. You know, just sign the papers. But yeah, if so, if these companies do have to raise additional funds to stay afloat, that's going to be a tough proposition too. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to keep going back to the investors for more money.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's I mean it's it's, it's a problem, and I, yeah. I don't think these guys are going to be so keen on uh on, on sending the money out and doing that stuff as well. So, right. you know, my view of all this is that I, I think when when you see the market turn, there's a couple things you can do, and I don't even think the market's turning. I think this is a good business practice everyone should have over like, and they should do this every year in their business. One is like, look at your budget and see where you can cut some stuff that's not working. I I and I don't I don't think enough, enough people need to do that. And then secondly, what the most aggressive companies are doing now, and I know you know we're doing the same thing internally here, is where can we reallocate money? Where can we take some of the budget, move it somewhere else that's going to drive revenue better or get us a better return and invest in growth opportunities and then really grind out the next six to 18 months? So I, I just don't know why these companies aren't doing that. It just seems like all they're doing is cutting and they're not figuring anything else out. And if you want to get bought you want to be vulnerable you want you don't want to be at your lowest value when you get bought and you know the goal for all these companies when you take VC money Mm -hmm. you know what the goal is they want you to sell Mm -hmm. they want to get the return on there they don't want to be there 10 20 years they want to sell to somebody else and I think that's where it's going to be challenging for them because these companies aren't worth what they were worth when they invested in them
2: right a big (laughs) not worth what they were worth
0: Well, and it comes back to, like, the flywheel concept, right? So I think a lot of, a lot of like, companies, and, and you see this, and, you know, we're, the, the flywheel, this comes from good to great, where it's, like, you got this big, like, stone wheel you're trying to turn. And it's, like, continued effort over time. Like, it's one push. Like, you push it every day. It's not going to start moving as fast as you want it until, like, you're in, like, day 500, right? right. And then it's just continued momentum, a lot of times this is more of like the doom loop concept where people want to spend their way to success. They want to bypass the buildup. They want to have these like amazing companies that come out of nowhere. Every great company, it looks great at the end when you see them in like year 18, but they didn't see years one through 15 where there was all the hard work happening and people didn't Mm -hmm. know who the heck they were. Right. Right. So I I think that's as much of this as anything else. And these are the people that are going to get bought. You said yourself, Redfin's a young company.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, you know, so I, I think that that's a great example here of, what he's talking about. So, do you think any of these guys get bought? Guys meaning companies. Do you think any of these companies get bought or change hands here?
2: Um, I definitely think that Redfin will. That's that's, and I still think Rocket Mortgage. I don't know, but they they could be taken over, but still use the branding, right? You know, because their branding is great. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows, but a right. but a bigger company could take them over.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think. I would agree with Stacy here. I think Redfin probably is at the biggest, is maybe the most vulnerable of these that were were listed, and yeah, and I mean also yeah, also agree with Stacy that like I mean the name Rocket Mortgage is huge, but um, you know, of all the ones that are on the list, I mean when I when I have like a client that comes in with like a Rocket Mortgage uh, as their lender, I'm just like. <laughs>
2: But another bigger lender could take over, but right. just keep that side of the brand right. because they did, you know, really brand it well. Yeah, And it's so easy just to log in. So they could capitalize on that.
0: Right. I think that's a great point. I mean, it's, sometimes you get the It's like, you know, I think someone could buy it or it's like when WorldCom rebranded Remember, That was like the first rebrand that's yeah. out there. So I think that's really important to look at. So we'll I keep do, an eye
1: out for their Super Bowl commercial.
0: That was a good Super Bowl commercial. <laughs>
1: was that the Barbie dream house? Yes, exactly. That
0: might be the best thing they've done.
1: That was. Everybody knows
0: that. So we think a couple of these guys get bought. Uh, I I, I totally agree. And I think you're going to see more and more of this. And what's going to happen is the cream is going to rise to the top here over the next year. And the agents especially. You know, I I would look at your business individually. The same thing. Where can you cut the fat? Where can we drive revenue and some more activities? Because that's going to go a long way. Mm
1: -hmm. This would be a small fat cut. But um, how often are you using Supra boxes? Oh... Not that often. I, use, like, there was a time period there where I feel like, you know, definitely pretty frequently. Now, like, I haven't used one in, I feel like, months. And every month you mm-hmm. see that little payment come out. I mean, it's yeah. not like a huge one, but it's still Maybe just like when you haven't twice. used it, it's
2: like. Yeah. Maybe twice a month. Here? Exactly. It's yeah. not that often. We're yeah. we're lockboxes. And some yeah. of the lockboxes are pretty ancient. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. They're like the combination mm-hmm. one. Yes. Yeah, like the middle school locker. <laughs> <walker. laughs> yeah.
0: That's exactly right. Well, and, and. You know, a lot of agents like in Delaware County, they won't even buy them. And then we used to have to meet the people out there. And I'm like, well, I, I have no time to do this at the listing. So I don't disagree with you on that. The, those lockboxes are widely used across the country. It's just the people here apparently don't use them, Yeah. which is crazy to me. Yeah. So anyway, that's a story for another time. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got a little bit of a, a different type of segment we're going to talk about. Real estate, Halloween costumes, good ideas, bad ideas. <laughs> these, there's these things have been floating around all over the Internet. So I thought we'd talk about it. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. sales group is the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania with over 165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool with an e.com. Sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610 692 6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right, all right, all right. We are back. on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah and She's Stacey Mitchell. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group with REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. So, spooky season, right? Halloween's what? Less than a week away? Yep. The Phillies are in the World Series. That's why my voice is horrible uh, from yelling at the game. Big, uh, you know, reveal there at the end of the show. So... Um, our friends at Broke Agent Media and the Broke Agent specifically in this other uh, account, it's actually agents. I've been following them around. And there's been a lot of, like, real estate Halloween costume memes <laughs> going around, which I found pretty interesting. So what what do you – like, when you hear this, I've got a couple. I mean, we've got five <laughs> or six minutes here to go over this. What would be your – if you had to dress in a real estate Halloween costume, what would it be?
2: Ugh, I don't know. If it was going to be a scary costume, it would probably be – um Like one of those scary scream masks, but I would be like the home inspector, (laughs) (laughs) you know, coming to kill the deal. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I like that.
0: That is scary. scary. What would that look like? Would it be a dad dressed up as a home inspector or (laughs) or would it be an actual home inspector? Well, that
2: would be a double scary one if it was the dad as the home inspector because, you know, the deal is completely dead. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like there's no resurrecting that deal. No. Yeah. But it would be like the scary scream face, you know, maybe like carrying a hatchet or something scary, something, you know, that's going to kill the deal. Right. You know, and then you would have a deal in your hand. Yep. And you would just yeah
0: stabbing the deal. <laughs>
2: stabbing the deal. It's dead. Yeah. Oh, that's great.
0: That's pretty good. The guy I feel like the guy would have like really like high rise pants on. Like you know, I mean and uh yes. like probably like a mustache, like something, you know, like the, the all, all the things.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. That's pretty good.
0: Oh my I, 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 I those guys those, scare me, Stacey. So that's scare a good me one.
1: Too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's good. Um, you know, I think like some of these the funny ones here for, um, like the, the top producer or like, I don't think I would want to like dress up as these, but, um, you know, where you were talking about the commission breath, uh, agents, <laughs> um, I feel like you could get pretty creative with those. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think we were talking about the, the commission breath. Like if you had, um, you know, glasses on that had little like dollar signs and cause you're just like, you know, all about the all Benjamins. About, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, Oh my gosh!
2: Eating we're, like a
0: garlic clove or something. So yeah. Bad breath. <laughs> yes.
1: Have your like
2: fake Rolex on or something. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: Folex. <laughs> yeah. Got it in like at Madison Square Garden outside or something <laughs> right, like that. Right.
2: That's
1: awesome.
0: So the two I saw that I thought were pretty funny was the seller bringing 2020 and 2021 comps and telling you to overprice their home. I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm. And they were like screaming. They're like, "Oh well, this this home sold for more. They had no inspections." Um, <laughs> What about a top producer, like someone that thinks they're a top producer, not an actual top uh, producer?
2: Yeah. Then you look them up, and they sold two homes.
0: In, yeah. Well, in they the tell area. you how many homes they sold.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. They probably
0: show up in um, like a, like a BMW or a Mercedes or something. or something. Yeah. I don't think they'd be able to afford a Mazda. <laughs> Maybe they rented it for the day. <laughs>
2: right. Right. They
1: rented it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yep.
2: Number one agent on the front plate. You know, right. That but it's like
1: thing. a magnet that they have <laughs> that sticks on because they have right. to rent the different cars. to yeah. have, For sure. <laughs> They're not leasing it. <laughs> no.
0: So like so the, a the, the, the a AMA reorder or the like just sold license yep. plate, that would be pretty good. Exactly. Um probably dressed dressed in like a like a ninety nine dollar suit or something like that.
2: Exactly. Yep. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> yeah. That's a good one too. I like that.
0: What about the appraiser from out of the area?
2: Oh Lord yeah that would be
1: another like kind of scary deal killer yeah. The praise are from so do you think yeah. they'd be wearing like a jersey from a sports team that is like across the country yes or, like... probably yeah
2: yeah they would definitely we would have to make them um like with gray hair mm-hmm. that kind of thing um yeah. look like the crib keeper because they're so ah, old that's a good one exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right and they're you know they're uh looking at homes that obviously are priced how, how could you depict that? Like, if they're coming to a $500,000 home, but they're appraising it at like, three fifty. you know? How can you depict
1: that? Yeah, how would you show that in a costume?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, you could have them, you know, coming up with these sales of, uh, like, a, like, a map or something, right? And then the map is, uh, like, the map of, you know, Maryland, and they're in Pennsylvania <laughs> or, or yeah, something they like that. Perfect. Yeah, I was
1: going to say maybe they're, Perfect. like, carrying, like, an atlas. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's pretty good. <laughs> That's really good. They have, like, a AAA, like, roadmap to how yes. to get there, like they yes. would highlight for you on the way.
1: Yeah. yeah, That's so, a good
2: one.
0: So I think the, all those are good. I would also say anyone from a big bank. So, like, Wells Fargo, Rocket Mortgage, right? What if it was a Rocket oh. Mortgage lender? Would that be scary, Stacey?
2: That would be super scary. Absolutely. But that would be easy to portray, too. Like, just they could be in there, you know, have a Rocket
1: Mortgage sign, you know. And, th- again, or they would, would they be a be, deal killer, too. Would they be dressed up as, like, a computer because you don't actually...
2: Mm. That's
0: pretty good. Yeah,
1: because
2: yeah. you don't see a person. Right. There's never a person. Right. There's You don't even know their names. Right. Because they change hands during the course of, so it of could be six different people. Yeah. So they could have, like, the computer, like, a name tag and cross out the names and put, like, Frank, crossed it out. Jim, cross it out.
1: Right. Or, like, you know how with um, different computers and stuff, you can have different users that you, like, yes. log in. It could be, like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What about, like, uh the the agent showing up like hungover for an open house <laughs> and and they're they're walking in with like a giant coffee and sunglasses <laughs> and you can tell that and they put up like one sign that's yeah. fallen over
2: yes <laughs> <laughs> the hungover open house agent oh yeah
0: <laughs> happens all the time
2: dark shades
0: <laughs> all right so that's it for this week's episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio <laughs> on WWDB eight sixty a.m. you want to follow Sarah she's on Instagram at tie underscore tie time you can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchko. You can follow me at TomTool3RD. And we are streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. That's what we got this week. Happy Halloween, everybody. We'll catch you next time.